Great morning, everyone, and welcome to yet another episode of Thank God for Monday. I'm Brother Greg Cellini, the Franciscan Brothers of Brooklyn and Seton Hall University class of 1985. My great pleasure to be back with you once again today. The purpose of our show, Thank God for Monday, is to inspire you, our audience, to take personal responsibility for your professional satisfaction. We want to provide you hope, healing, and peace in these unprecedented, turbulent, uncertain times. Motivate you to search deep inside yourself in the quest for fulfillment. Listeners, it's really up to you to utilize the information we provide, take full accountability for the decisions you make, and a resulting outcome. And one of the goals of our show, thank God for Monday, is to introduce role models. Role models of people who take very bold steps in their work lives. This is a very special time, as it will be Nurses Appreciation Week this coming Friday, May 6th, all the way through the following Thursday, May 12th. And as such, we are honored today to have with us not one, not two, but three very special guests. Their names are Dr. Katherine Connolly, Patricia Esposito, and Colleen Osborne. Dr. Katherine Connolly is a faculty member in the undergraduate department at the College of Nursing right here at Seton Hall University. She's an associate director of the Buccino Leadership Institute representing nursing. Buccino Leadership Institute offers a unique program that focuses on leadership development in undergraduate students. Dr. Connolly also practices as a nurse practitioner in the Robert Wood Johnson Barnabas Health System on the Somerset campus and knows firsthand what nurses have been through during this COVID-19 crisis. Patricia Esposito is a senior nursing student at the College of Nursing and will be graduating this May with her Bachelor of Science in Nursing. She has a great interest in pediatrics. She was competitively selected as a candidate for the Buccino Leadership Institute and has been participating in the program all the way since her freshman year. Colleen Osbar is a junior nursing student at the College of Nursing and also a member of the Buccino Leadership Institute. Colleen was inspired to raise awareness about the nurses experiencing PTSD related to the COVID-19 pandemic and took on this topic for her nursing leadership project. She is here today to share some of the insights regarding this important topic. Great morning and welcome to Thank God for Monday, Kathy, Patricia, and Colleen. Good morning, Greg. Good morning. Good morning. It's really an honor to have the three of you with us on this very, very special show. Maybe you can share with us, please, from what city and state you're speaking from this morning. Kathy, why don't you start us off, please? Sure. I live in Clinton, New Jersey, and that's where I'm speaking from right now. Patricia? I live in Saraville, New Jersey, and that is also where I'm speaking from right now. How about you, Colleen? Um, I'm speaking from South Orange, New Jersey. Oh, terrific. Hall campus. Oh, beautiful. Very, very good. It's 
not another place in the world like New Jersey. I was born and raised there and spent 47 years of uh, 47 wonderful years there myself, certainly. So sadly, team, we've only got about 30 minutes. We could spend hours talking about each of you, talking about Nurses Appreciation Week. We're going to jump right into the deep end of the pool. Kathy, you have a long history of working as a professional nurse, nurse practitioner, nurse educator. As we celebrate National Nurses Appreciation Week this year, can you tell us a little about what the nursing profession has meant to you? Well, first, Greg, I'd like to say that becoming a nurse is a decision I have never regretted. As a career choice, it has opened so many doors for me, but beyond that, on a personal level, it has given me the opportunity to work with some of the most incredible people you could ever wanna meet. So many of my colleagues, my students, and, have, and my patients have just inspired me so much throughout the years. It, it has really been an enriching experience. You know, Greg, it's interesting because when we interview nursing candidates who are coming into the Pacino Leadership Institute, we do ask them that question. What is it that made you want to become a nurse? And one of the responses that we often get is that they were sick as a child or that someone in their family was sick. And that was when they saw what nursing was all about. As a matter of fact, one of our current students, he wasn't thinking about nursing as a career choice at all. But during the pandemic, his mom was diagnosed with cancer and he saw nurses taking care of his mom. And that was when he knew that that was what he wanted to do. Oh, what a beautiful story. Oh. Yeah. So, and he's, you know, he's a wonderful, wonderful nursing student. So, you know, seeing nurses in action sometimes is what inspires people to choose this pr profession. And, you know, actually that is the way it happened for me as well. Oh, what a beautiful, beautiful story. Uh, my wonderful sister, who's celebrating a birthday very, very soon, uh, she's a retired nurse, having spent over 40 years in St. Joe's Hospital in Patterson, in the emergency room. Never knew how she did it, certainly. So the dedication uh, of someone like you, of someone like my wonderful sister, Celeste, and like Patricia and Colleen here, just amazing. Now, Kathy, having worked as a nurse practitioner in the hospital during the pandemic, what effect do you think this difficult time has had on the nursing profession? Well, at the outset of the pandemic, I have to say that the nursing profession was completely blindsided. I know that sounds ridiculous because the entire country and the whole world for that matter was blindsided, but what happened you know, in March of 2020 and what went on behind the closed doors in those hospitals is really something that you can't even put into words. You know, hospitals are normally bustling places with many people coming and going. And if you haven't experienced it, walking into a hospital that is completely shut down is really an eerie feeling. But the result of that was that patients were left without the advocacy and support of their family members. And it was nurses who had to stand in that gap. And I think if you would ask most nurses, they would probably agree that that was probably one of the most heart-wrenching aspects of the pandemic. You know, one of the positive things that came out of the crisis 
it, it was it raised our awareness to the importance of the team. At that time, there was really a feeling that we were all in it together and everyone had an important role to play from the hospital leadership to every single person working in that hospital on any given day. I also think it's important for people to understand that the effects of the pandemic have left the workforce tired and depleted. You know, it's really been a long road and so many nurses have retired at this point and, and others have left the profession. You know, and this is challenging because some days there are just not enough hands on deck. You know, but with these challenges come great opportunities and especially Greg for young people. Young people coming into the profession have really stepped up and we've seen that day after day. The encouraging thing is that despite all that has happened, people are still choosing nursing as a career path. Despite everything, enrollment in nursing schools has not suffered. So people are not shying away from going into this profession. And I just wanna take this opportunity to encourage anyone who is thinking about it to, to really you know, move on that and capitalize on your dream to become a nurse. Wow, that's really heartening to hear because I would have thought from looking from the outside that, gee, who would want to go into nursing as a result of what's happened the last couple of years? As usual, we've got a lot of courageous people, especially young people like the two individuals, Patricia and Colleen, who are with us today. Patricia, now you are a senior nursing student. If I understand correctly, you spent two years of your clinical training under the restrictions of this pandemic. What was this like for you and your peers? Share with us, please. Well, Greg, we were fortunate enough to be able to experience our clinical training in the hospitals even during the pandemic. In the beginning, it was honestly terrifying being in the war zone with other nurses while the unknowns of COVID existed. But nonetheless, we were able to immerse ourselves into a learning experience like no other and understand the depths of nursing beyond the typical scope. It was during this time when I witnessed the dedication and perseverance of the nurses around me that I realized what a special profession nursing truly is. Boy, what a great realization, certainly under the worst of conditions. And if I understand correctly, you were instrumental in hosting a very special event right at Setonia to honor alumni nurses who served on the front line during the pandemic. Can you tell us what inspired you to organize such an event? What was it like? Of course, my true inspiration behind this event is the fact that while the rest of the world stayed home, our nurses went to work day after day fighting the pandemic. The strength, courage, determination, and tenacity that nurses demonstrated during one of the most devastating times in our world needed to be honored and still deserves even more recognition. I think the most rewarding aspect of hosting this event was seeing how much it touched the nurses in attendance and how it helped them to process what they had been through. 
Oh, that's absolutely wonderful. No question about it. Now, Colleen, if I understand correctly, during the pandemic, you haven't been just sitting around. You really grabbed things, certainly. And you were inspired to do a project looking at PTSD in nurses related to the pandemic. And then you raised awareness about what nurses are going through. Do I understand this correctly? Tell us more, please, about this. Um, yes. So my junior leadership project basically is about PTSD and nurses who worked throughout COVID since the beginning of in December 2020 or 2019. Um, I actually was at Patricia's event that she helped host. And I heard some of the new nurses, or not necessarily new, but the nurses that spoke at the event. Um, and they had really inspiring stories, but I was very shocked to see how stressful and traumatic their experiences actually were. And I was surprised at how little I knew as a nursing student of what they're going through. So I wanted to um, just bring awareness to that because the average person has no idea what's going on in the hospital behind this behind closed doors during all of this so I felt like I wanted to talk to them see how how they're doing and I wanted to just give them a voice to um, talk about what their PTSD symptoms and how their mental health was affected. Wow you know this is amazing because a lot of people were asking me during the pandemic and how did it impact me and I live literally down the street from where I work. So I was able to still come in or if I didn't want to come in, I uh, sit at home on my computer and work remotely and all. But as been said before, the nurses did not have that option. Certainly they courageously got out of bed every day, went to their place of work and gave 200% of themselves. Now I'd be curious, Colleen, please, I'm sure our audience is as well, what type of settings were the nurses you interviewed working in during the pandemic who were subsequently diagnosed with PTSD? And how did you find them? Um, so um, most of them were working in ICUs or intensive care units. Um, but one of them was just in an oncology cancer unit and surgery, but they transferred her to a COVID unit because they need some, they were so understaffed in the COVID unit that they were just sending people to COVID units when they were originally supposed to work in another specialty. Um, so mostly ICUs and then other specialties, but they were sent to COVID units. Those were the nurses I talked to. I found them through Dr. Connolly helped me find these nurses. And then I knew another nurse from my home state who was working at the time. Yeah. And this is amazing to me. So if I perceive what you're saying correctly, someone was a nurse, let's say maybe in pediatrics or oncology or somewhere else, and they were literally, I don't want to say forced, but asked, requested to go in and take care of COVID patients. Am I understanding this correctly, Colleen? Yes. Wow. Well, that takes amazing adaptability and flexibility. Uh, no question. Mm -hmm. Now, it's very interesting, uh, Kathy, that you were involved in referring some of these nurses. Now, when Colleen says you were able to refer these nurses, how did you know of so many nurses going through these challenges you know, relating to the pandemic? Share with us, please. 
You know what, Greg, it was really just from listening to my colleagues at work and a lot of our alumni nurses who contacted me during the pandemic. And truthfully, most of them really just needed someone to talk to who really understood what was going on. So, you know, I was actually shocked myself that so many nurses were really going through so much. You, you know, Greg, I, you know, I'm a nurse educator. I work at Seton Hall University. I really, I, I really only worked several times a month, you know, a couple times a week during the pandemic at the hospital. So, you know, some of these people that were there every day, just, you know, battling, it was really, really difficult for them. And I was astonished to find out that many of them were suffering from PTSD. Wow. Now, I can tell you how unfortunately clueless I am when it comes to science. Might even be a couple of people in our audience. These initials, PTSD, we usually associate them with war. Isn't that right? Correct. This was kind of like a war, it seems like, that the nurses were fighting this battle against this opponent, this enemy, COVID. That's a good way to to say it, Greg. It really, really is. And that's how they often felt. Wow. Uh, That's totally amazing. Like they were coming back from war. I could see why so many nurses really experience these type things, uh, no doubt about it. And speaking of that, let's peel the onion, Colleen, a little bit more, if you don't mind. What did you find were some of the most common symptoms you know, these nurses experienced? How did, how did you know they were, they were facing this? Um, so I'm just gonna list some of the most common symptoms that they all collectively said. A lot of them had nightmares and interferences with sleep. Um, they would feel guilty going out um, because they thought they were going to spread COVID when they were the ones taking care of all the patients. Um, they were unable to properly take care of themselves because they were just so anxious and shocked. They were not be able to sleep and eat as well or drink as well as they normally would. Um, they were constantly worried, angry, like they would lash out at people. Some, t- some of them said that because they just had anger, like pent up. Um, one of the, Some of them that shocked me that were kind of um, typical PTSD symptoms were like flashbacks. They would, one of the nurses I talked to said she had flashbacks to certain situations when patients would start to go downhill because she would just feel guilty and she would just keep replaying in her head. Um, they would sometimes hear alarms in their, when they're trying to sleep and the call bells that they're so used to because they were just constantly going when they were working. Um, yeah. And then a lot of them would have triggers like watching, they would maybe watch like a medical TV show, like Grey's Anatomy or something. And then one of the nurses said she would sometimes watch it. And then she would just, she wouldn't know this was going to happen, but she would just start crying because something would trigger her, her memory. Yeah. It was very sad to hear everyone say all of their, um, their symptoms, but two of them, two of the nurses I talked to actually were diagnosed by their psychiatrist with PTSD. And then two of them, they were not officially diagnosed, but they had a lot of symptoms leading towards it, but they didn't have an official diagnosis.
but yeah, those are the most common ones. Now, maybe this is a very silly question. I'm going to ask it anyhow, if you don't mind. Yeah. So, let's say a nurse is uh, in the pandemic fighting this war. They experience or they come down with this condition, this PTSD. Do they then stop working or were they trying to work continuously even through this PTSD? No, that's a good question. Um, they all work through it. My goodness gracious. Yeah. One of them, um, one of the nurses, he said that he was going to school at the time. Like he was working while going to grad school, but he did have to drop out of grad school because it was just all too much. But he, they can all continue to work through it. That, that's amazing. You can't eat, you can't sleep, you're getting flashy, you're having nightmares. Mm-hmm. Still, you're going in and giving 200%. This is so, so amazing. We're so blessed to have the three of you with us today, really to educate me and our listeners as to what the nurses have done. It's always been an incredible profession, but especially since March of 2020. Now, Colleen, what did these nurses feel that the institutions could do to facilitate coping among nurses and other healthcare providers who are going through this? And, and is there anything the public can do to help? Help us out here, please. Okay, um, so I asked them all this question, what they thought the institutions and hospitals could do. Um, and they all said that they thought there seemed that there was a disconnect or kind of divide or mistrust between the nurses and the facilities because they had the facilities had let them down by not being prepared with enough protection, like PPE, which is personal protection equipment. They were not prepared for anything like this, um, and they didn't give them a voice as much as they wanted to. Um, so just they want would like the institutions to listen to them more and plan for future pandemics. Hopefully that will never happen, but it, in case it does, they, would, they said they would like to plan for p- future pandemics with the institutions so that they can feel more at ease knowing that if it happens again, they'll have a plan so that it's not as chaotic as it was. Um, they also all said that they think um, the hospitals could offer more resources for support and mental health, like therapy, um, online um, exercise classes, or just ways so that they can find something that works for them, like an outlet that's personalized. So one of the nurses I talked to, she said that there's an online like therapy kind of website that they can all access for free. And it has like fitness trainers, yoga, mindful breathing. So that was really helpful, they said. And also um, one of the nurses specifically said she thinks it's a good idea to mention all of this if they have meetings, like mandatory staff meetings, because many people will not reach out and do it on their own. They might, they kind of need the push to um, seek help from someone else instead of going to see it on their own, because they might not think that they need help, but really they do. This is just totally amazing. And it's very fascinating. I don't know about that at Seton Hall, But as you know, we have several colleges right here in Brooklyn and certainly in the five boroughs. And the amount of mental illness 
among the college students has risen significantly. And again, these are people who are going to school in a pandemic. They were not in this environment that the nurses were in. So I could really see why the nurses, their mental capacity and their ability to deal and cope from a mental standpoint, an emotional, physical, and spiritual standpoint as well, would really deteriorate and they would need a lot of help. Now, Patricia, it's very interesting because Colleen told us she was inspired to address this topic after she heard the inspirational speakers of the Frontline Nurses, this great event that you helped organize. Tell us about these speakers and what they meant to you and maybe the other nurses in attendance, please. Who are these great people? Definitely. So something that really stuck with me, and I think anyone who was at the event would also agree with me, is the fact that as the speakers spoke about their personal experiences, if you looked out into the crowd, you saw many faces astonished by the accounts of dying families and tragedies, but you also witnessed many tears and embraces, which truly is telling. Their stories, although difficult to fathom, created almost a sense of unity in the room, that as nurses, we can make a difference in someone's life. Now, whether that may be administering the life-saving drug or just by simply holding the hand of a dying patient. Wow. Boy, these stories must have been incredible, no doubt about that, to find these nurses. And it's ironic because, uh, as I mentioned earlier, I'm from the class of 85. The nursing program at Seton Hall has always been a great program, but never has it been what it is today? And certainly we have Dr. Kathy Connolly to thank for that and her wonderful colleagues down there. The two of you are products of this great program. No question about it. Now, it seems to me, Colleen, importantly, in the work that you did, you asked the nurses what they would, like, is what's the most important thing they want people to know? What was the overall message to the rest of us, probably unaware, again, like me, who want to understand more about what they were going through. A couple of okay. key points there. Yeah, so for the public, any anyone in the public who wants to help, mostly all of them said, if you know a nurse, especially a bedside nurse who has been working throughout the pandemic, um, just to check in on them and see how they're doing. And I'm sure they would really appreciate even just the thought, even if they don't want to talk about it, the thought of you remembering them and recognizing that they're, what they're going through would make them feel heard um, and give them an opportunity to voice their struggles. They also um, all mentioned going to therapy because they said it has a bad um, stigma around it, but they said that it's worth going to get help for anyone or other nurses but anyone in general, it's worth getting help for. Going to therapy is not a sign of weakness. It's a sign of strength because you're recognizing that you need help and you're going to get the help and you'll feel better after. And they also said self-care is not selfish. So if you're working as a nurse, you have, you have to have boundaries and stick to them with how much you're going to work and what you're going to do of course, helping other people as much as you can, but remembering that it's not selfish to have boundaries. Um, and one, I guess a positive 
swing on this is one nurse said, although she had all these PTSD symptoms, it has made her realize working through the COVID pandemic, like how resilient she is. And she never thought she would be this strong to make it through this and keep working. And she has such a good community with all the nurses that they work together through it and they push each other and they check in on each other, at least the nurses that I talk to. And yeah, so overall, check in on your nurses and your friends who are nurses who have been struggling through this. And it's not a sign of weakness to get help because everyone deserves to feel better. That's very fascinating you mentioned about this because in the early 90s, my life was really topsy-turvy from a lot of different reasons. And I broke down and I went to therapy for 15 months. And I had always thought therapy was for sick people. You know, that stigma. What I found, it was for healthy people who want to be healthier. And it was the third greatest decision I ever made in my life. And it really was the catapult for the two greatest decisions that I was able to make clearly the best one ever, you know, becoming a Franciscan brother of Brooklyn. That never would have happened without that 15 months of therapy. So kudos. And it's funny because a role model of mine, and maybe yours as well, St. Paul, said over 2,000 years ago, it is in our great weakness that we are our strongest. So anyone out there who's thinking maybe, well, you know, I'm strong enough, I don't need the therapy, et cetera, et cetera, don't hesitate to show some vulnerability and dive into the deep end of the pool. Uh, it'll be an amazing, amazing experience for you. Uh, sadly, time is getting a bit short, but I've got a couple of questions to ask uh, still. Uh, Patricia, as a senior, you are going to leave the wonderful halls of Setonia. Early congratulations on that. Thank you. Uh, you're about to join the nursing workforce. What does National Nurses Week mean to you? Just as you said, um, Greg, I will be joining the workforce very soon, and I am truly honored and humbled to be joining. Uh, Nurses Week specifically, after these challenging four years of studying throughout the pandemic, means to me a time to reflect. Being a student nurse during this time was brutal at times, but the most rewarding. I learned to never give up, even in the midst of pure darkness, and to remember why I started, which is to make a difference in the lives I come across. Dr. Catherine Connolly, Patricia Esposito, Colleen Osbar, we can't thank you enough gracing the airwaves of WSOU. Thank God for Monday today. As I just said, yes, you've enlightened us. Much more, you've inspired us. We wish you continued success, joy, happiness in this beautiful vocation of nursing. And we certainly hope and pray that all the nurses out there, uh, we wish them all a wonderful, wonderful National Nurses Week. Uh, we appreciate you even more uh, as a result of this show today. So uh, again, many, many thanks to the three of you for coming on the show today. Uh, as always, we wish you hazard that forward uh, advanced despite difficulties and early graduation greetings and blessings to you, Patricia, uh, for this wonderful commencement and pinning uh, you'll be uh, later in May uh, going to. Uh, if it's okay with you, I'd like to close with a special prayer in honor of our nurses. Uh, maybe you can join me if you'd like. Uh, let's call upon our Blessed Mother, 
who was a nurse to the Son of God, Jesus. As we say, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Our Lady of Brooklyn, pray for all our nurses. Amen. Thank Listen, you so much for having us. Ah, uh, the honor was all ours. Thank you again very, very much. Listener, Sally, guess what? Once again, we're out of time. Greg sang our hope and prayer is that when you wake up on Monday morning, just like Dr. Kathy and Patricia and Colleen do, you'll say, thank God for Monday. Until next time in another episode of our show, have a great, great week and enjoy Nurses Appreciation Week. Bye-bye, everyone.